Hello and welcome into the Hill and Valley. This is Nick Roby once again. Thanks so much for joining us. It is Friday, September 1st, 2023. College football's back, baby. Let's do it. So pumped. If you're like me, you watched Florida and Utah last night. We're recording this on a Thursday before kickoff, so we don't know the score yet, but you will know when you're listening to this podcast. But you clicked on this podcast because you want to talk some Clemson football. So let's do it. I'm so pumped. It's we're starting to get a little bit over the heat wave. I'm pumped to get back in and just see how the Tigers are playing. And there's so much to talk about this team. There's so much newness. There's excitement. There feels like a freshness coming into this year. And so here we go. We got the standalone game on Labor Day night, traveling up to Durham to play the Blue Devils. It's going to be very interesting. But before we get into that, you know, we want to talk a little bit about the season and just kind of some some stuff we're looking for, you know, and wanted to give a little little preview episode before the Tigers travel up on Monday night to take on the Blue Devils. So if you look into this Clemson team, there are some pieces that are carrying over, obviously. Uh, the big, you know, if you've been living under a rock and you're a Tiger fan, um, I don't think you would not have done this, but obviously the new thing is that Garrett Riley, brother, younger brother of Lincoln Riley, the Broyles award winner, the best assistant in the country, comes from TCU after one year in the major shift, taking them all the way to helping them take them to a Sunny Dykes to the national championship game where they did lose to Georgia, but he took them all the way there. And now he's coming to Clemson and they're installing the new, not the air raid, but the dirt raid, which I just love. I think that's really fun to just idea of like why not to just be a pass happy air raid but really it is spraying the ball out and feeding and being more of a balanced attack and putting an emphasis on the run first which is a little bit of a misnomer and with sometimes a of the air raid of years past is a little of his own addition to that so that's the big you know thing on offense and on defense what does Wes Goodwin in year two look like you know was was year one just him getting used to the reins in a transition in his own style, or is that a little bit more of what is expected to come? And, you know, there's just a lot of how will things move together with a new, with a little bit new invigoration of the offense, defense in a year two, and Dabo trying to rally his team and being the one that's a little bit more doubted as years passed, which ironically is kind of where Clemson kind of seems to find their rhythm is when they're doubted a little bit or not circled as much and it's very funny when it's just interesting dynamic when they've won seven of the past eight ACC titles and you know you miss the playoff in two years in a row you know and then people start to to not think of you as much and I think actually it kind of works out for Clemson's favor to be honest so the interesting piece is obviously with the offense what's it going to look like and to me, the, the sense of it is is that Clemson's going to try to spread the ball out more, use a little bit more of the middle of the field. You know, guys like Jake Brenningstool using him as a big pass catcher as well. To me, I think it fits the style, especially of how Cade Clubnick, the new quarterback, wants to play. It was similar to his high school out of Westlake in Texas. And I like that, getting guys in space. And so, especially with this Duke game, it's going to be very interesting to see as they start to implement these new changes on offense and kind of get guys involved. I think the big question for me, when you look at position groups, is this wide receiver room. And they released the depth chart, and the, the wide receivers right now would be 
Adam Randall or, or Cole Turner. So that means that they could be a co-starter. And then you've got Antonio Williams in the slot and Bo Collins outside. And I think that feels about right. It, it, I think when we see Monday night, it will be Bo Collins, Antonio Williams, and then you'll see Adam Randall. And then you'll see guys like Cole Turner and, and everything in there. So I think that's a big thing is just being able to distribute the ball and will the wide receiver room be healthy enough going forward to help establish a succinct passing attack that I think can be there and really complement this running game because there aren't as many questions when it comes to the running back room. I think the biggest question is what's going to be the usage disparity? Like, is it going to be a little more 50-50 or 60-40? You know, Shipley and Moffat are listed as co-starters, but I think Shipley is still your, like, he's your number one, but it just also shows how much respect that Phil Moffat has earned being a third-year player. So it's big. I think there's a lot of fun to see in this, and because there's a little bit of unknown, and it'll be interesting to see how they attack this Duke team. And yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. And then when it goes to the rest of the starters, right now it's uh, Tristan Lee or Colin Sadler at left tackle. I I think that makes sense. That probably is the biggest question on offensive line is who's gonna take over for McFadden on the left side. You got Marcus Tate at the other guard at the guard position. Will Putnam staying at center. Walker Parks at the right guard, and then Blake Miller at the right tackle. I think that feels about right to me. I I feel good about it. I think just it, with any offensive line, you want to see how the unit comes together and works together in this, because that's how offensive line obviously works. If one guy's not – it misses his assignment, the whole play can get blown up. So I think that will be interesting in this first game to kind of see where they're at and see what that kind of looks like. But And then to me, particularly, that's why left tackle is so big is you're blocking the blind spot, is seeing – I would think – Lee's going to go first, but also they like to rotate guys in to keep them fresh. And if you see a little bit more of that up-tempo kind of feel to it, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of that rotation a little bit more, especially to get guys a good feel of the game um, and kind of keep Duke off their heels. So that's the offense right now. I, I feel good about it. I think you're going to see more tight end play and seeing a lot of passing attack right now. On defense, uh, starters are Xavier Thomas. Uh, this is the really big one to me is we've got Tyler Davis and Rook Ororo as the two tackles. But Peter Woods, the freshman, is listed as or on either way. I think to me, because Rook and TD are, they're returning starters. They're, you know, some of the biggest parts of your defense. And when Peter Woods, the freshman out of Alabama, is listed as an or, I think it points more to how good this guy really is and how impressive he's been in camp. And I would expect to see him on the field because he has been making havoc, it seems like, especially in the spring game. And he's just been a part of everything. And so I think we're going to see him, especially as they kind of rotate and keep those guys fresh. We've got uh, Justin Maskell, the super, super senior in his sixth year, a.k.a. the give him a hard time for he's pushing 30. He's at the other defensive end spot. Uh, I think the biggest thing with these defensive line is really they have to get pressure. I think it's going to help the secondary as they're, they've grown another year, but that's going to be a big key for me is how are these ends going to get pressure? Because I think that has been a key in Venables, and I think and now with Wes Goodman as he's doing extending this, the linebackers are going to get the biggest notoriety, and they have all offseason, and then very deservedly so. Can these Tigers get pressure helping control the run game, but really can they pin their ears back and can they get pressure, which helps the covers in the secondary and be able to 
create tackles for loss. So I think especially these ends, I really Xavier Thomas has all the intangibles physically and gifts that you would want out of a D end. It's really just putting it together. So really for him, this is this is it for him. And so between him and Maskell, I'm really interested to watch that. In the, at the linebackers, you've got Wade Woodaz, uh, Jeremiah Trotter, and Barrett Carter. Trotter and Carter are two of the best linebackers in the country, and Wade Woodaz is third, but that's no slouch to him. Yeah, he's really good. So I, to me, this is about them creating uh, pressure and really shoring up the middle. I think the biggest thing with linebackers is you don't have as much depth as you would like, but to me, I think it just makes different packages. I'm not as worried about that. Is it maybe thinks, but I think that is something to watch out for. Is we we are a little thin. Clemson is a little thin at some of the depth positions in that corner. You got Sheridan Jones who returned, and other corner you got Nate Wiggins. I, I, I like that. I think Wiggins has shown he can make some plays, and Sheridan Jones is a big opportunity for him. In the safeties, you've got Mickens, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Makuba. I like Makuba going back into the nickel. Um, he seemed a little more natural in safety. He played corner, obviously, last year, but was a little hurt, a lot of position. I think he's better than what he played last year, personally. So, But then you also, we're going to see guys like Jaden Lucas. We're going to see Toriano Pride, like maybe Sherrard Coville. Khalil Barnes was the one with the interception for a touchdown in the spring game. There's a lot of guys we're going to see and watch in this game. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, place kicker, uh, Robert Gunn, can bomb it. be interesting to see how his accuracy is in this game. And then Aiden Swanson comes in uh, returning for punts, uh, being the punter. Punt return, we got Antonio Williams and Will Shipley. That's not surprising to me. I think that's the expected part of this. The interesting one is freshman Tyler Brown out of local Greenville High School is listed as number two at both spots. He's been electric, and it'd be fun to see how this team uses him when it comes to receiver because he's listed behind Antonio Williams in the slot, and then he is listed at punt return. So very interesting stuff from the depth chart. I think a lot of stuff was maybe you would expect. But there's some also interesting parts, I think, when it comes to like who's listed as co-starter and who's not. Um so when you come down to this Duke game, I think Clemson, I think, has a really opportunity to do some special things this year. I'm hearing a lot of confidence, hearing a lot of encouraging things out of practice. And and, and you're always very encouraged when it, when you haven't played a game yet. So I think, obviously, that's the caveat. And I know there's some fans who, you know, you want to see it after a couple years of an offense where you weren't as confident you really want to see it, you know, and it's like with Cade, it's like, are you going to get the North Carolina ACC championship game? Or are you going to get a little bit more of the, you get a little more of the orange bowl game. I, to me also, yeah, it's like your first actual start was the orange bowl against Tennessee, who was a good Tennessee team. I think it's different. I think especially now it's his team and he's had all off season and being under the league and running offense. I think you're going to see too. Um, William Quokka was just talking about this uh, today on the radio where it's like on 105.5, the roar that about a third of the passes for under uh, Garrett Riley for Max Duggan last year, a third of them were behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. So I think you're going to see a lot of options trying to get guys in space, get the ball out of Kate's hands, get your guys playmakers hands out. I mean, we're going to see some screens, see some 
whether that's just Shipley or a guy like Antonio Williams, you're gonna, I think we're going to see some of that more, but also they're going to take some shots as well. And I think there's going to be some opportunities for him to make plays and then extend plays with his legs or, or you know, try to find those pockets of the zone. It'd be very interesting, interesting to see how Duke tries to defend this uh, Clemson team because there's not as much known about this and um, knowing that there's ex- can be explosiveness, but then you're kind of seeing how it's it, that's the chess match within the game, which would be very fun to watch. As we come into this, you know, typically you look at like Duke, and you know that's like you, if you're if you're not watching them, you're like, okay, that's a basketball school. It's hard to understate for me like what Mike Elko has done in his first year under this program. He he led Duke to nine wins last year. And some of that, you know, they did have a more favorable schedule, but I don't care who you are. Winning nine games in a power five league is tough to do, you know? And so that they are, they are, that's a good team. And that's me a tough place to play on the road. I mean, you know, when you're on the road for this Clemson team, that makes this very interesting. It's a 12 and a half point spread. Um, you can kind of get it at different places, but the one, that I've seen the most is 12 and a half, which is interesting because it means that Vegas is having them around just under Clemson is just under a two touchdown favorite, but it's more than 10 points. So that's a very interesting line to me. And I think it's pretty close. I think the big thing as we look as Duke from an opponent is everything starts with Riley Leonard. I mean, the dude threw four. So I'm looking at my notes he threw for 296 yards and 20 touchdowns. He was also their leading rusher with 13 touchdowns and yardage. So, to me, you have to stop him. Like he is the guy, and he is like he is a little bit underrated when it comes into this league. And I'll just watch out for him. And I think that's the thing: is can Clemson get pressure on him and force him to make decisions quicker than he wants to, or just just wearing down from if he has to take a ball of a load on the on the game. So it'd be interesting to see how they attack with the running game. So yeah, I, I think this just I think the big thing with this is this is a very good Duke team. And their schedule's not as favorable as you might think as it was last year. So they're they're probably not gonna get as many wins as they did last year. But just just for reference, they scored 32.8 points per game. That was 33rd in the country. They had 6.1 yards per game, 38th in the country. 0.48 points per play. That was 28th in the country. Rushing offense, they were 39th in the country. Passing was 68. But the TD dying T ratio was 3.3, which is 30th in the country. So... Very good Duke team. On defense, they only gave up 22.1 points per game. That was 31st. Points per play, 0.32. That was 27th. Their rushing defense was 25th in the country. So I think that's a big thing for this Clemson offense is how does this rushing attack do with Duke's defense? Because I think Garrett Riley, the big, you know, you think air raid, you think passing, you think Cade, they're going to want to, like, show what they can do. But I think, actually, too, if Clemson can – like, I know you want to, like, be in a, an attacking mode, but the better that Clemson can run, especially with having two backs, you can control the game and the momentum early. I think that will help. It just find, I think the big thing is who can find success early in this game. However, it's the first game under a new system. You're on the road. You're on national TV, standalone game. 
I would expect this team to not come out of the gates like all fire, uh, cylinders firing. The team on Monday night on Labor Day is going to be a different team than in November. That is how Dabo's teams have historically done, and that is even more so, I think, in this game. However, I could very much see it being maybe a one-touchdown game or something like that for Clemson going into halftime. And then I could see them doing a little bit of the double dip of, like, you score before halftime and then right after halftime. And then, next, like, and then into the fourth quarter, that's where it gets into the – a 14-point lead, I think, and then trying to force Duke to come back. I think that's where you'll see some of the stretching. Now, just as a heads up, I don't know. I would be surprised if it's going to be, like, a massive victory for Clemson. I would be very surprised about that. I think you're going to get Duke shots. They're going to try some different things. It's an opportunity for them to showcase their program, show what they're doing. If they can get – I mean – Think about it. If they beat Clemson, like, what kind of a big thing that would say for them in their program and what they're doing in just year two? So make no mistake, it's going to be, like, you're going to get Duke's best shot. However, I think this is a game where, like, it's going to be tighter, and then I could see it extending out into the end, you know, into the second half. Like the Georgia Tech game last year was on the road. It was a road game, but it was a neutral site in Atlanta, you know, at Mercedes-Benz, and... So I could see it being similar to that, um, maybe a couple mistakes, but stuff you can work on. And I think Clemson will find success down the road uh, when it comes into this. So, I, you know, that's what's interesting in this game. If I were going to have to give a prediction for this game, I think we're looking at, if I was going to put a number on it, I'm going to say 35-21. Um, I think that's fair. I don't expect this team to go over 40 points, uh, but I do think I could see them scoring like a late touchdown, like a late rushing touchdown after just wearing them down and after wearing that defense down and, and extending that to that two touchdown lead. So I think it's a 14. I think Clemson covers, but just barely, just, you know, just over the 12 and a half. Um, but I think there'll be some things to take away, but I think there'll also be like some positives. I think there'll also be some things you want to work on. And then you have a couple weeks to get ready, you know, as you play, some of the smaller schools like, you know, Charleston Southern and FAU before you got the big matchup week four against Florida State. So this is like the big test before then. And but they've had all offseason to 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 look into that. So I think this will be a good game for Clemson overall with some a lot of things to work on. So that's my prediction. 35-21. Uh, so there you have it. That's what I got for that. So but also want to spend some time as we're transitioning to the rest of the season. Clemson's got a very interesting schedule. And the national, you know, national people are picking Florida State when it comes to, you know, the conference and the matchup. And some even people are even picking Florida State when it comes into the playoff. One, like I'm going to give my thoughts on the playoff. And if you've listened to the Backyard Catch episode, that I put out yesterday on Thursday, you'll kind of know where I'm going with this. So one, there's that. Two, I also will say I love the beauty of a season. I love the beauty of watching a team grow and you learn, like as they learn their identity, you learn the personality, you see leaders step up, you see, it's just the beauty of Saturdays in the fall, you know? So 
I think that's what makes it fun and, and, and putting all insights into one team. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this team grows. And it seems they seem pretty confident and, and excited about what's to come in this year and ready to prove themselves. I think Florida State's going to be a lot better. I think, I mean, to me, that's the big game on the schedule. When I look at the schedule, there's like, you know, three or four games, I mean, that I'd really look at. Duke obviously is the first one, but past that, Florida State's big. I think Clemson, it being at Clemson in Death Valley is a big deal. If it was on the road at Doak Campbell, I think I'd be a little bit more nervous, but it being at home it makes it much more favorable for Clemson, and then being it earlier in the season, I think also helps too. However, I mean, that's that's me a marquee game. I wouldn't be surprised if game day's there, you know, Josh Pate, the with his tour, Once Upon a Saturday tour, shout out to Josh Pate. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Death Valley, too. Never been. So, Josh, I mean, come on. It's going to be a good one. That one's big. Obviously, you play on the road at Syracuse. I don't think Syracuse is going to be that great, but it's always weird to go there. And then after Florida State's big. And then Wake Forest is weird because Clemson always has a little bit of an interesting thing right before the bye week. So, there's that. Um, road games later, you've got at Miami and then at NC State. A little bit more, I'm a little bit more nervous about NC State because of Brandon Armstrong linking up with his old, I guess Robert and I, but his old offensive coordinator. We'll know much more about them when it comes to that point, but that will be a very interesting game, tough. And then after that, you got Notre Dame. And you'll want to see – and obviously a lot of us saw them play really well with Sam Hartman in Ireland against Navy. And yes, was it Navy? Yes. But also, it still can be impressive. And it, it, to me, that was an impressive showing of offense and how they control the ball. So thankfully this year, that one is in Death Valley as well. But that's a really tough out. And then you got Georgia Tech at home and then North Carolina at home in a rematch of the AC title game last year and then out on the road at South Carolina to end the year. So to me, when I look at this schedule, I think, you know, there it's not as easy as in, as they'll say in some years past. You know, out of conference, you've got Notre Dame and South Carolina, and South Carolina should be a little bit better than last year, even if the record isn't quite as good as it was last year. There's, you know, that'll be tough. Florida State comes to town. you got Duke on the road. So... It'll be interesting. I, I think, I think there'll be some tests in this. If I picking a like picking a record today, I think Clemson. I, I'm, I'm having Clemson go 11 and one in the regular season. I think, I think they probably fall. I'm going to have them beat Florida State. Um, I just think that it being at home is a big deal. I, I'm going to have them losing to Notre Dame most likely. It would be my guess, just because of. It's later in the season, and Notre Dame, how they can control the ball. And that's a big game for Notre Dame, too, in their playoff hopes or just big down the stretch. Sam Hartman's seen Clemson defensively, and um, I know he'll want some redemption when it comes out. He didn't play the best last time. So I'm going to have them losing to Notre Dame. But if it wasn't Notre Dame, I could see them losing to a team like NC State. If I'm going to look at uh, – another conference opponent just because that's on the road. NC State's a tough place to play. Bernard Armstrong's a good quarterback. I think in in an offense that's a little more suited for him, that's tough. And I think just from the schedule standpoint, it's just really tough to be undefeated. You know? So, that's what I have. I do have them beating South Carolina on the road. I think they'll want redemption for that. But, 
that's what I've got. I've got them going 11 and one, playing Florida State in a rematch in Charlotte, and then I have them winning again. So I do have Clemson beating Florida State twice. I think to me that's I want to see more out of Mike Norvell and this Florida State team how they play. I do have Florida State beating LSU in Orlando. However, that's a neutral site. In a true road game, I'd be very interested to see Florida State in this. And I think Clemson, by the time that they would get to Charlotte, this offense will be clicking and very tough to defend. And then Clemson especially haven't seen Florida State. I just I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a tighter game than in years past, but I'm picking Clemson. So and I do have them in the playoff, guys. I do. And um, I'm gonna have Georgia repeating in there, Michigan, then Clemson as the three seed, and then Texas as the four seed. And then my national title. So you've got Georgia, I think them repeating. I think they're the they're the best team still out of the SEC. And I just I think someone else needs to take it. And I just don't some people are higher on Alabama, but I I, I want to see a little bit more out of them. And I think I feel better with Georgia. Especially because they come out of the East and they won't get tested really until Tennessee and then the eight, uh, SEC championship game, which will probably be LSU, in my opinion. I could see Alabama there, but I still I think it's going to be them over uh, Georgia over LSU. I've got Michigan as my number two. With Michigan, I think, honestly, I think this is insert Big East team that comes out of the three team between Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Whoever comes unscathed or maybe a one-loss team out of that to then win the East, beat a team maybe like Wisconsin or Iowa. I have them beating Wisconsin. But whoever wins that, they'll be the two-seed, one-loss. Have Clemson as the three-seed, being ACC champ. And then I have Texas. And... It's not saying that Texas is back. I know that's like the next thing. When you look at their schedule with Texas, they play Alabama. But after that, it's pretty manageable. And to me, that's more of saying Texas is the best team. You know, and then they got Oklahoma, but they're the best team, I think, in the Big 12. And I think because of the schedule, I think they'll make the playoff as a one-loss team. So that would be my matchup. I, I would have Georgia beating Texas, and then I have Clemson beating Michigan. And I do have Clemson winning the national title. And I know with some people saying, like, it's like your first reaction is like, yes, like I believe in this team. And other people are like, I don't know. I don't know if I want, I don't know how you say that. Still feels a little weird. This team feels pretty confident. They're, I mean, that's the mindset every year. But let's just say this like, coaches don't let certain messages like that get out if they don't want to. And for Dabba to let that get out, let's just say, I, I don't think he was unaware of that getting out. This team has a mindset, and I think the thing with me with all these teams, as I look at each team, there are question marks when it comes to each of these teams, guys. There are question marks when it comes to, like, Georgia. How will Carson Beck do? What wide receiver will step up? Also, it is really hard. It is really hard to win the national title. It is even harder to win it back-to-back. So all respect to them. If you've watched that Swamp Kings documentary, I talked about it in the other episode. If you've watched that, I know they missed a lot, like they could have talked about a lot of stuff. My big takeaway, one of them is it is really hard to win a back-to-back national title. So let alone third time with some especially with some new pieces. I think George is good. I don't think they'll be quite as good as in years past. It's really tough. And it's tough to stay that motivated. 
you know, Michigan. Like, how are they going to do with this distraction? They're not going to be really tested basically all year until Penn State and Ohio State. You know? It's going to be very interesting. And then with can Harbaugh get over that hump of, like, a, a game? You know, he gets to the semifinals past couple years. Can he get over that? I think experience helps. I think you still have some guys on this team for Clemson who have gone, you know, that have gone over that hump and played in the game. So it's just, it's interesting, you know, in Davin the stuff, they have done it. And I think that's, there's something to be said for that. You've got a team like Alabama. They've got questions. We don't even know, like we know, is Miller going to, Miller going to be good enough for them? I know they're changing a little bit of their style, a more running game, but how are they going to do with that? They have two new coordinators. They have two new coordinators. Like, do we feel great about that? I mean, on both sides of the ball, LSU, can they take that next step up? I, I don't know. We're going to see. I don't trust the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is going to be really good, but I think you're going to have a couple two-loss teams. USC, can they stop anybody? Oregon, can they get over the hump? Washington, can they stay healthy and put it all together? Like, I just think they're going to beat up on one another. Texas, what are they going to do when the lights are shining on them? Are they actually going to step up? Are their, their defense going to step up? Can they stay healthy? Can these receivers stay healthy? And you know, capitalize on what they can do. Florida State, can they get over the hype and and step into stuff? And really, when you know, arguing is it was there, you know, their success last year, but was it against just some bad teams, or can they going to step up and actually do it? So there's lots of options. I think Penn State can they get over the hump and actually like beat both Michigan and Ohio State and get to the dance. If they can get there, then all bets are off. But I just, we haven't seen it yet. And so I think that's the point is that there's a lot of question marks. And I think I just, I believe in this staff and I believe what they're doing. And I think it'd be easy to not pick somebody and not put your name to something. And I'm just going to put something out there. And, you know, if Clemson goes 10 and 2 in the red season, wins another ACC title, wins the Orange Bowl this year, I think that's a good year. I think that's respectable. I think you're moving in the right direction. I think that's okay. If Clemson makes a playoff, I think that's massive. Especially in the era of all the transfers and stuff, and arguably the biggest transfer was Garrett Riley to Clemson. So, I I like Garrett Riley a lot. I believe in what he's doing. It, is it going to be in year one? I don't know, but people also didn't expect TCU to do it and get there. And I know they only scored seven points, but that was a really good Georgia defense. They got there. So who's to say he can't help an offense utilize what they're doing? This wide receiver room. Yeah, that's a big question mark for Clemson. But, like, there's some strong talent in that room. We also don't know if there's a young guy who's going to step up. So that that's, to me, I'm just like, when I look at it, it's just like, that's the team I feel best about. So... If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, I'll I'll be on here later and talking about how I was wrong, but and just picking a team and you're like, you know what? Let's why not the Tigers? Why not this year? So it's a big year for Dabo. So, but I also think like he still he still won ten games for what twelve straight years. It's it's a big year, but I think what he did in getting Garrett Riley was a big. It shows that he's not afraid to he's reminding us that he's not afraid to make those changes when he feels like it's necessary. So to me, it's just like, how good will this team be in year one with Lincoln Riley? And then Wes Goodwin year two. So they have it. That's my prediction right now. I'm hoping as we come back after Labor Day, that that'll be a good game. 
and we'll enjoy and have some good things to talk about, hopefully some fun things to talk about. But regardless, my plan is to be here and, and talk. So thank you so much for listening. I know there's lots of options. There's lots of great coverage with Clemson. So I, there's lots to talk about. You know, there are lots of people to listen to, read, talked about. And I would encourage you to go do that, you know, and thank you for taking time as being one of many options to do that. I don't think every, not every uh, college team gets as much good coverage as Clemson does. As some, You know, there are other big teams obviously do, but Clemson, get, I've for sure get some and it's well worth it. And I'm just thankful for that. You taking the time to listen to me and give my two cents and be as someone who is a fan but also likes numbers and wants to break it down and, and help you be insightful and what to watch for what someone like you know in more of an analyst kind of a role or just in from an analytical way uh taking the numbers but also like the feel off of a team so i hope it's useful for you um if there's aspects you want to talk about or thoughts you would want to hear i'm definitely open for that and the best way to support this show is share it with friends um you know, if they're looking for something as they're riding in the car or just getting at work while they're doing work, I think that's always, I'm always a big supporter of good content out there and healthy content. So best way to support the show is to share it with people or to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts, we're on Apple, Spotify, you name it, try to be on there. And if I'm not on there, you let me know so I can get on there. Love to talk about it. So it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be fun fall. I, I'm just, I'm pumped for football. I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. I hope you enjoyed it. If you got to watch Florida and Utah, I hope you get to have fun watching LSU and Florida State and South Carolina, North Carolina, and hopefully a Clemson win over the Blue Devils. But it's going to be a fun year. Thank you so much for listening. And for now, I'm signing off. <laughs>